great to have you here. I had decided I wanted to get into events. Don't rush into anything. Left university and pretty much went straight into it. It's just got to happen. So do what you need to to make it happen. I've, I've never been one to follow rules. We've spent a lot of time together, haven't <laughs> yes, we? we have. Always keeping up with trends and fads. How do you manage that, the expectations versus the reality of budgeting? It's always insightful to get a gauge as to what their their reference point is with budget. Pre-COVID, I didn't know what Zoom was. You know, everything is done to a higher level. That detail, Jeremy and the band and the guys will go into, by definition, makes our life easier. There's levels and levels, and that comes in the detail. Joining me on this episode of The Secret World of Events is a very special international guest, Sean Sawyer. Sean is the president and creative director of Kasik International, who are based in the Bahamas of all places. Now, Sean and I met a number of years ago on an event we were part of in Nassau. And whilst he was in London, I thought it'd be great to get him into the show. Welcome, Sean. Thank you, Gavin, for having me. Now, Sean, it's uh, it's unusual, I guess, to have someone on the podcast who um, comes from the Bahamas. Mm. But just tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, who is Sean Sawyer? And tell us a little bit about Kasik. Right. So again, Gavin, lovely to be here. Um, I'm enjoying this wonderful weather here in February. It's a nice change from yeah, what I, I would be experiencing. In I was the hoping you'd be moment. bringing some sunshine with you. I did. Uh, dropped it a couple of days, but you know I need a bit of a change too. So, so the weather is uh, part of that change. So you're going to have to bear with it. Um, yeah. So Kasik. Okay. So if I were to start from the beginning, which would be 25 years ago, we'd be here for a very long time. So I'm just going to give you the the quick rundown. Um, so I graduated from college. Um, had a lovely degree in business administration and accounting and decided that's what I was going to do. A um, few months into it, bored to tears, was a, just completely miserable with it and decided, you know what, I need to take a break. So I did, took some time off, went and traveled around and decided that whatever it was I was going to do when I got back into uh, the world of careers and, and, and work and um, planning for the next chapter, it was going to be something that I was going to be completely in love with. Uh, so I sat down, made some some notes and talked to myself a little bit about it and realized that hospitality was where I wanted to go. So I joined um, uh, the Crystal Palace, which was Carnival's Crystal Palace way back then in the Bahamas, um, in the catering and conference services department, because that seemed the most exciting one in a hotel. Um, no disrespect or disregard to front desk and the casino and entertainment and food and beverage, but um, catering and conference services is where my heart sort of skipped a beat when, sure. I, when, when I was thinking about it. So I joined up um, and five and a half years later, I left. I felt that it was time for me to uh, jump into the next chapter, which was starting the very first destination management company. So Kasik, where, where did the name come from? Uh, so the Kasik was the chief of the Lakayan Indian tribe. Um, so the Lakayan and the Carib Indians were part of the first settlers um, into the Bahamas. Um, and basically, the cacique was the chief um, of the tribe. So I like the name because it was sort of uh, had a lot of historical value, um, good old Bahamian heritage, but it was strong. It was the chief. It was the leader with the pioneer. Um, so I felt that it was a good fit. Beautiful. Um, and, it, and it fell into place. Tell me, what is life like as a, an event and a destination planner in the Bahamas? Because I'm, 
I'm very jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there once yes. with you, yep. which is where we met. But of we'll course. talk about that a bit later. Yep. What's life like? You know, a lot of people think that the Bahamas just breeds days of rum punches, pina coladas, and suntans. Um, and there is that side of it, um, because obviously that's what we're uh, very well known for. But behind the drapes in the Bahamas, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of industry and a lot of work that goes on, um, simply because... Uh, in a destination like that, it attracts a lot of business in the uh, conference, events, weddings, parties world, simply because everybody wants to come there and, 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 and celebrate and and carry their uh, their dreams to fruition on the beach and feel well, I was going to say, you've toes. got the beautiful beaches, the beautiful sea, you've got the beautiful sunshine. We do. We have all of those attributes, um, but in order to make all of that work... Um, scientifically, um, and for the clients to walk away with those magical memories, we go to work every day. So give me a, an example of sort of some of the types of work you take on, because you're not necessarily just about sort of destination weddings. You're very much more than that, aren't you? There's lots of uh, verticals into your business. Correct. Yeah, there's a lot of lanes um, and veins that lead in and out of the world of Cacique. Um, obviously, from the destination management perspective, we deal with a lot of um, conferences, um, uh, executive meetings, sales conferences, board of director meetings. So we have that very, very big corporate side of our business, which involves a lot of events, product launches, et cetera. Um, so we do have a lot of that, but we also have the local um, market, as we call it there, which they celebrate too. So there's a lot of weddings, there's a lot of events, there's a lot of launches, there's a lot of uh, gallery exhibitions. So there's there's a lot of events that take place there outside of the world of just pina coladas and rum punches um, all the time, which keeps us extremely busy. So to give me an example, let's say um, of a corporate offsite that maybe is taking place in Nassau and a, a large you know, multinational may say, Sean, this is what we're doing. We're bringing 200 people to the Bahamas. What sort of things can you offer them? Right. So what we try and do is, is we try to dive into the DNA of why it is that they're coming in the first place. Um, because if it's just, you know, we, we just want to take a break and it's close and, you know, it's just a quick two-day, three-day thing, then, then we're obviously going to try to pull out of that as much as we can. But there are also other types of clients that will center their entire conference around a sort of Bahamian-styled destination. So we, we're, we tend to ask lots and lots and lots of questions, the who, the what, the where, the why, the how, um, understanding a bit of their history as what they've done in the past. And then we take all of that, uh, that, that gray matter, and then we throw it into the cauldron and we start just stirring that up to add as much Bahamian touches into it as possible so that when they leave, they're not just leaving, okay, well, let's just tick the box for the, you know, for this year's conference or this year's meeting. They're actually going to walk away with with great memories, but also the company is going to leave with the, their, their team empowered I and mean, infused to raise the bar for next year. Um, simply because of the experience that they've that they've they've had whilst there, and that comes from us as planners asking questions and really diving into the DNA of what it is they're here for. And you're quite a big team. I mean, I, I always remember you being quite a big team in terms of your coverage and your staff. And what are your sort of staffing numbers? Right now, we're 38 full time, um, which is approximately 22 to 23 percent higher than we were pre-COVID. 
which um, which is another staggering thing. We so we spoke about this off camera just before, but yep. the differences between what I'm seeing, sort of certainly sort of London wide and Europe, is our lead times have shrunk. Our diary used to be filled up a couple of years in advance with with bookings, and now very much people are far more short term. And tell everybody how it is uh, for you in the Bahamas now. Well, it's it's a, a very 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 small amount of that, but um, the bigger picture is we're, we're we're booking out longer in advance simply because of the destination. So what we've found is that because the Bahamas is still international, we are still enormously close to places like the United States, uh, Latin America, and even South America. Um, I think people are still a little bit sort of waiting for the paint to dry as far as going really, really long haul and long distance. So we become a very, we've become, I should say, an even more attractive international um, destination. Um, people sometimes have this thing that oh, the Bahamas is, isn't that part of the United States? Or what? No, we're, we're not. We are our own country. Oh, you very much have your own identity. Our own identity. Culture. As, matter, as a matter of fact, we're, we're still a part of the British Commonwealth. Yes. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're international enough, which is very attractive um, for a lot of the, um, a lot of corporate America and even the Canadian market. Um, so we are getting a lot of people that are wanting that destination for those reasons, which means that they are having to be, they're being forced to look far ahead sure. um, to, to book, to get the dates. To make um, sure they get the dates and make, make sure, sure they get the tours and... Well, the dates, but also venue space yeah. um, and making sure that, that their venues can accommodate what it is that they want. You know, if you're coming there for a, a three-night, four-day event, you need a lot of venues and a lot of spaces that need to be booked. So if you can appreciate, you know, eight, 10, 12 different companies vying for that space, it suddenly becomes slightly extinct. What's competition like for you in terms of the marketplace in the Bahamas? So we have to explain this in a couple of different ways here. So from a destination management company perspective, um, there are a couple of other companies that, that do what we call DMC work. Um, but we tend to push the envelope a little bit farther. We have a full sales force that goes through to the planning team, to the operations team, to the execution team. So we've got those different segments just like a hotel does. And a lot of the competition that we have in that regard doesn't really have those departments. They're, they're not as big as we are. Um, we've been doing this for 25 years. So we, we've kind of established ourselves um, as um, – as sort of the stalwarts that have been around. Well, as, um, as the cacique. As the cacique. There you go. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, is what's very important nowadays, and I'm sure a lot of your uh, previous planners and, and um, partners that you've spoken to about this, clients want financially sound companies. Absolutely. That are, that are not just popping up and popping out and changing names, changing ownerships. Um, that just on top of everything and, and, you know, the purple elephant in the room here is, is obviously, you know, what we've just been through for the last couple of years sure, with, COVID. With, with COVID has sort of jeopardized that a little bit more. Um, but as you know, if, if, if clients are, have seen you around for a long time, you've been through financial meltdowns, um, 9-11, COVID in the Bahamas, as you remember a few years ago, we had Dorian. That's right. That sort of, you know, damaged 
a vast portion of it, but you know, we're still around. That that also helps. Yeah. From the events in the weddings perspective, we're very different. Um, we are not a a, a package style company that you're going to call up and say, hey, I'd like to look at you know what packages you offer, or can I go through your rental catalog? Um, whilst we own everything that we work with and design with, um, we're very bespoke. We do not take more than one event or wedding a weekend. Um, we try not to do more than two a month. So we, we, we really feel that in doing so, we're able to give our clients the return on their investment, which is isolating what it is that they want, Absolute attention. making them feel like mm. they're the only person in the yeah. world that we're working on or working with. And I'm sure there's plenty of companies in the Bahamas that do do the package weddings. Yes. We get, you'd be at the hotel by the pool and another bride and another bride and another bride. Correct. Yeah, there sure. is. And, and you know what? There, there's, a, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just not yeah. uh, a part of our business model. We want to uh, create memories and we want to give plat- create platforms for our clients to just imagine. Now, I titled today's show The Art of Colour. Mm. And that's based upon my one experience, which was obviously incredible, of working with you a number of years ago, uh, just to set the scene for those listening to the podcast. Uh, Sean and I met when we were taken to the Bahamas for a 50th birthday. Um, now, I would love to show some content and to show you what an amazing uh, party it was. Uh, but for lots of very valid legal reasons, um, we signed an NDA and the footage remains private. But what we can do is we can talk about uh, the party mm-hmm. um, in terms of it being a God, it was a three day event, wasn't it? Let's it was. let's just run through it. Um, going back to the color thing. Yeah, I called it the art of color because I was blown away how you take the colors of the island and everything at that party that weekend for the 50th was centered around the culture of the Bahamas, the color of the Bahamas. You really instilled that experience onto the guests. Which sort of highlights uh, what I was saying a few minutes earlier with you, Gavin, that we take it very seriously when it comes to why somebody's doing what they're doing in the Bahamas. Let's face it, destinations around the world are completely accessible um, there's nowhere that's too difficult for any event or party or, or conference to take place. So when they do select the Bahamas and they do decide to come down there and spend, um, no matter what limit of funds, we want them to leave feeling like, you know what, that was the best experience party event ever. This one was no exception. Um, obviously our client, it was exceptional. It was exceptional. Um, obviously we had a great client to work with, um, he and his wife, um, who do spend time in the Bahamas. So they understood the language of, of color and creating that experience each and every step of the way with this event, as opposed to just, you know, everybody putting on a, a, a tuxedo and, and just going into a hotel ballroom. No disrespect to tuxedos sure, and hotel there's a, ballrooms. Sure, there's a place for everything. Absolutely. But they did they, – they understood 50% of the lingo before we even got started, sure. which was great. What I'm going to do is I'm going to walk through in a verbal, visually way sure. of Let's the weekend. It. Because Let's do it. the guests flew in from all over the world. They did. Um, and then they had a sort of a Friday night sort of get together, didn't mm. they? It was a Friday night and it was at a beautiful um, venue. Remind me of the venue? The Island House. The Island House, which sounds as, as beautiful as it was. Yeah. And they had a, an Asian dinner. That was right, wasn't it? 
They did. And then the guests come out onto the terrace and standing in front of them is no other, none other than George Benson. Indeed. That was a bit of an experience. That was an experience. For was sure. that a client choice? Was that something you put forward to them? So the client um, actually liked the um, the venue um, for this particular party for two reasons. One, um, the client obviously took the whole place over. Yep. Um, the, a lot of his guests stayed there, so so he had sort of full ownership of the venue. But uh, the restaurant there, where their their main dining room facility, um, which is very much a a Thai style venue, um, they loved. So it was about taking that venue and and sort of reinventing it so that it didn't feel like the normal place that he and his family and friends would go to all the time, but still keeping the good bones of it, but but elevating it. So we did just that. Um, and the client then said, um, as you know, I've got some amazing entertainment that I would like. So what better place to do this um, with the massive swimming pool floating behind it? Um, slightly right. elevated, yeah. Um, which was kind of interesting. So after dinner, everybody went downstairs, and and there was George uh, Benson. George Benson. But before that, if you remember correctly, um, we were able to convince his one of his, uh, uh, actually his middle son, to to play. That's right. With George Benson, yeah, because he was taking uh, piano lessons at the time. Yeah. So everybody walked down to the son playing with George Benson on stage, um, which was kind of. Cool. And this is the one of the things that gets me about the job that I do, we do. You get to see some extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an absolute privilege. When I thought about that on the plane flying out, night one, we're going to be filming George Benson, right. who I love. Mm-hmm. And he was, it, the whole band, it was a ginormous band. It was absolutely awesome to watch and to step back and see it all take place. And doesn't negate the fact that we're all working and it was extremely, you know, long days. Right. Um, I'd probably say actually as a weekend, it was probably one of the most grueling events in terms of times, timings, because everything needed to be filmed for us. Sunrises. We're up first and we had jet lag. So sunrises, get the beauty of the Island before you move on to the setup of the events and everything else that's going on. So it was a, I, I have to say, um, I don't know how you and your team did it. Um, obviously, we've seen the output of. I, I'm going to agree and say I have no idea. We still talk about still it. We still event, talk about it. But what you guys captured, what your eyes saw and was able to put out, um, was just simply incredible. Not just in general, Gavin, but the fact that you know you had flown eight and a half hours to get there, and you literally jumped right into the literally time frame. Got straight on it. Twenty four hours a day, four or five days worth of of just filming. So. Congratulations and kudos to you guys. Thank Gavin. you. It thank you. Incredible I mean, working with you. Super great working with you. Yeah. Super, super hard work. Right. But what we see as a result and in a funny kind of way, the film absolutely remains private. And as, as do many of our films, a lot sure. of our clients demand privacy, uh, which we totally respect. It just feels a shame that it never gets showcased, but it's a, it's a wonderful memory. And when we sit down as a team and sometimes we talk about some, some of the jobs, there are certain things we're sort of reminded about. The next day was, um, a giant pool party. Correct. With the, who doesn't come to the Bahamas and have a pool party with lots of inflatables. With lots of inflatables, um, quote unquote. Lots of alcohol. Um, a, an exceedingly large amount of alcohol um, in, in lovely 
cabanas privately. But not everybody has a stage overhanging the pool again. Not everybody has a stage hanging over the and pool And on the again. stage was? The good old Gypsy Kings. The Gypsy Kings, who, yep. who wowed the crowd whilst they were in the pool. Absolutely. For an amazing set. So, you know, obviously, as you remember, um, Friday, um, their, their sort of welcome to the islands, welcome to the Bahamas, was the, the, the bliss of George Benson and his team and uh, the, the gorgeous weather that everybody experienced that night. But the next day to then turn around and, you know, put on, you know, swimsuits and then be shuttled off to yet another private venue. Yes. Um, walk into the venue with the stage floating over the swimming pool with the Gypsy Kings playing. Um, for, for us, at the time of, of, of planning and, and talking logistics and dissecting every step of the way, you kind of forget the magnitude of what the outcome is going to be. And in the world of events, you do that. Yeah. You, you're, you're living in the moment, maybe two or three steps ahead to make sure that where you're going is where you should be going. But, you know, when you sit back and you, you, you think about walking into that venue, seeing them performing at the edge of the swimming pool, floating over it. It's sort of, you take a, a deep breath and you say, wow, that's pretty cool. But then in that breathing second, you're on to the next. You're on to the next you're thing. You're on to the next thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, which the next thing was the, the main event. Yes. Well, in fact, well, I said it was the main event. It, the whole thing was a main event, but correct. it was the big party night. Right. The big party night. It was. So whilst, obviously, as that you That was know, at Old Fort Bay, wasn't it? That was at the lawn at Old Fort Bay. Yeah. Yes. Um, in a marquee, um, which is a private club the the client wanted for um that night to be just something completely um i'm going to use the word elegant but something that was was uh not as elegant as as one may think as i mentioned earlier with black tie yeah. but still everybody was there. it was a white party it was a white party and obviously everybody got dressed up um, the lawn itself, as you can appreciate, was very large and the client did not want anybody's shoes or ladies' heels in the grass or whatnot, um, but he still wanted to be with the view of one of the most beautiful beaches in the Bahamas there in Old Fort Bay. Um, so we had the arduous task, as you remember, of building decks throughout the entire lawn area um, uh, in white. Yep. Um, obviously, everything was white that night with a little bit of hint of gray here and there. Um, pin that. So the first night, you know, tie colors, beautiful. Yeah, it was, I welcome it, to yeah, the it was islands, beautiful. It was blues. Bright yeah. and blues mm. and oranges and just beautiful welcome to the island style look and feel. Next day at the private pool venue was was red and white simply because those were the color palettes of that area. Yeah. So obviously it was very vibrant and very strong and fun and uh, uh, loud. Um, but Saturday night, we, we softened the tone a little bit. The client wanted everybody to have a great time, but wanted, you know, beautiful florals, white floor, nobody, you know, dirt on their shoes, so to speak. Um, and, and we did. We obviously enclosed a beautiful marquee, turned on the AC. Um, and then wheeled out Lionel Richie. And then the big name came out, yeah, um, which was incredible. So I, if I didn't pinch myself on Friday night or Saturday afternoon, Saturday. on Saturday night, I'm watching Lionel Richie Indeed. in front of a couple of hundred people, Indeed. giving an unbelievable performance. He, I obviously the the client himself uh, was so excited about the whole event, meaning the whole weekend. He'd 
really and truly tried his best to keep it a secret on Saturday night. Didn't really mind, you know, Friday night or, or Saturday even, <clears throat> but definitely Saturday night. He wanted to try to keep that as much of a secret as possible. And I still think to this day, there were a few people that I don't know if they really knew that Lionel Richie was performing. I don't think they did because everybody was speculating whether it was going to be, I think everybody knew there was going to be something yes. purely because of what had gone on the previous nights Correct. and perhaps from the character that he he, he is. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of speculation as to who potentially it was going to be, but uh, there was. I think it was, uh, yeah. And also that night, we I remember we also made a film, didn't we, with uh, with his wife to surprise him in Los Angeles with a carpool karaoke with James Corden. Correct. Which we surprised him with, which was, which was fabulous. And then there was a moment we shared, Sean, you won't remember it, but I will never forget it. It was about four o'clock in the morning, Sean. Okay. The party had finished. We'd been up for 22 hours. Right. Because we started filming at six o'clock in the morning for time lapses. And the following day, which was now the day of, mm-hmm. um, there was a private island the guests were going to for a lunch and uh, I saw you at four o'clock in the morning and I said to you um, Sean so we're all set we're going to be going to the private island what times our flight I think you said it was nine in the morning and you said oh, did I say nine sorry actually I meant six thirty yes and we had to literally pack our bags up not go back to the hotel turn all our equipment around and we went to this took a little private seaplane or whatever it was and um flew to is it kamala k kamala miki there you go no i couldn't say it right to this incredible what private island yeah so so kamala miki is is a is a private portion of of andros and andros is the largest island um in the bahamas in the bahamian chain i should say um so this is a a very private section um of the island um and the client wanted to just you know, let loose. This was the the finale. Very relaxed. Everybody going to the beach, but in but in true style, form, and fashion of the weekend, um, it just had to be done. You know, to the very best. So we built, as you can remember, um, two very 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 large um, uh, cabana um, style um, seating covered thatched areas for, for everybody on to the sit beach. On, on the beach. It was incredible. So that everybody had shade. Um, we built a, uh, an actual sand stage um, for the band, um, which was reggae. Yep. We wanted a very... Uh, Informal in- beach barbecue style, everybody in the sea. Yeah, it was a- 100% just total Bahamian. You know, this is, this is the end of the weekend. Um, this is the beginning of my 51st year. Um, so let's go out in very casual style. So, um, again, colors that day and, and the look and feel were just all very tropical, very island style look and feel. Um, and if you remember correctly, there was um, in one of the many private plane journeys back and forth from Nassau, which is the main island yeah. and not too, too far, was the birthday cake. That's right. The birthday cake, which was four tiers high, um, was flown privately. Um, to the island and right there on the beach. It as was, you do. As you do. It was, uh, I'm going to say rolled, but obviously you don't roll in the sand, but it was rolled out into the middle of the beach um, where uh, the entire group sang happy birthday. Yeah. I, I, I can actually visually remember it. Drinking cold champagne. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a weekend I will never forget. And here we are some six or seven years later, I think it is. Uh, five, five years later. A little over we, five, five years here. Five years later. Yeah. And... Uh, I find you in London. 
Exactly. Reach out and say you've got to come and join us on the podcast. Absolutely. Is there one rule you live by in your business? No. I, I, it, the type of world that we live and we work in is is so multifaceted and so multiplexed that different lanes require different specifics. Um, so it's very difficult to to pinpoint one for all. Um, the tagline for the company is called Just Imagine. Um, so what what we try to do each and every time we meet with a client to discuss whatever project it is, is we always try to create a platform or, or a, a boundless arena for them to literally just imagine, like to have the comfort and the freedom to, to say, I'd like to try this, or I'd like to do that, or is this possible, or can I fly Lionel Richie down to perform, um, for, for an hour and a half for a birthday or, um, it's, we live in a world that's a structured thing. We get up, we go to work, school, kids, so on and so forth. When you're celebrating and when you're trying to uh, enjoy milestones, friends, family, and whatnot, our sort of motto that we like to live by is literally creating that, that boundless arena for you to just imagine. Right now, we're working on a client with a client for a birthday party for her 90-year-old father. Oh, wow. Who is very mobile. Um, you know, it just so happens that he's 90 years old. Um, and, you know, gosh, you got to have a lot of respect for people when they make it to 90. But she, she, she lives in, a, uh, in, in, in Old Fort Bay um, in the Bahamas. And just beautiful home. But next door to her home, which is a part of the compound, as I call it, is this beautiful um, garden um, on the water, um, just stunning. And when the client took me there to look at it, to say, you know, what's possible and what's feasible, I looked at it and I said, well, you know, we can do this. We can put a marquee there. We can put the bar on the dock and, you know, great little tucked away vignettes for your guests and whatnot. And she goes, I guess I should have thought about this before. And so I said, what do you mean? She says, I've never entertained in my backyard before. I've never done this before. So I thought, well, not only is this going to be the first time, drop the boundaries, just think, you know, out loud and all those things that you may have experienced and you may have wanted to do, or your dad may experienced and loved throughout his lifetime. Let's do that. Let's do it Amazing. all this one particular day to celebrate his birthday. Um, so after the races, we go. Fantastic. And so that's that's to come. That's to come. And how many events generally do you think you're sort of running? A, I know you've got lots of different things going on, but as a business, how many sort of events are you sort of handling a year, would you say? Um, I'm going to say it's in the three digits. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, l- a, that's a lot. L- low three digits. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously for a, let's say, a four-day conference, that could be three events a day. Yeah. So, you know, when you add all of those up along with all of the uh, sort of the, the soirees and the parties and the exhibitions and the weddings and whatnot, it, it, it adds up. But what we try not to do, Gavin, is, is, is we really, really, really do not want to become a, a churn and burn we're, because you're not a factory. You're not, not a factory. factory. No, I, I, and, and we don't want to be, we could be very easily. Um, but I, I don't in my own personal life, 
Um, I try to uh, push the envelope and exhaust every possible avenue. And when doing those sorts of um, uh, things in life, you need time to do it properly. Yep. You can, you know, slap things together very quickly and just get this, just get that, and it works. But I think when it's truly memorable and something touches your 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 gut, that three second wow factor when you arrive to 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 an event is is really what we strive for every day. And if that doesn't happen, then we've not done our job. I love that. I love that. When you're working with clients, um, it's, it's a question I'm asking lots of people on the podcast, mm-hmm. managing expectations as well, perhaps with budgets, you know, alongside a budget. Some people assume that just a large budget just buys you a fantastic party. Well, how do you sort of express that with clients? So obviously different types of clients have different types of expectations. Um, we just did a wedding last year for eight people, bridegroom and six people. That's all they wanted. And, and in all honesty, I said to the client, um, just out of curiosity, why did you contact us? I mean, this is kind of something that, you know, you can do with one hand tied behind your back type thing, um, respectfully. Um, and he and his wife to be at the time just said, we just want it done right. So for us, what a compliment, a huge compliment for sure. Um, and, and it just goes to the testament of, of one at a time. So we did that took us off the market that particular weekend and we functioned our, our, our entire world around that experience. So, you know, when, when, when discussing budget with that client, it's a very different discussion, you know, when you're talking to another client. Well, when you're working with big multinationals, I mean, imagine they come with a budget because they kind of know where they're or not. I mean, how does that work with you? So, so in the corporate world, for the most part, they do. Um, but when you get into the social market, um, which is obviously all of your celebrations and your weddings and whatnot, they think they have a budget, but in a lot of cases they don't. What they do have, and again, is no disrespect to Pinterest, but they have a lot of pictures of things. It's so funny how Pinterest is featured on our podcast as the worst, the worst thing in the world for a planet is somebody else's Pinterest board. Correct. And, and what we do is, is we, you know, in the process, one of the things that we do with a client is, is we say, okay, let us dive into the visual world. Mind you, we ask 15 million questions and sometimes they get annoyed because we're asking too many things about them, not about their finances, but just who they are and the camp, the, 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 the makeup and the chemistry of who they are as people. Um, but just to try and understand what it is that they would really like to see, because in some cases, what they say verbally is not what's being depicted on Pinterest at all. So we, we tend to kind of eliminate a lot of those Pinterest things when, when we're working with clients, but you know, they bring these Pinterest boards to the table and then they give you a budget that's just from one end of the spectrum to the other. And you sort of have that reality discussion with them. and like, okay, well, you do realize that this, you know, 10 foot by eight foot arch floating over a swimming pool on a mirrored walkway with flowers the whole way and could cost you X is going to cost X, which is going to consume your budget times three. So let's revert back to what's important to you two as individuals. We'll use your pictures as some sort of style segue 
But then we're going to eliminate those pictures that you've had in your mind and you've spent hours, if not days and weeks, plucking off Pinterest. And we're going to start to create your own vibe deck. And from there, we create the experience relative what their budget can yeah. accommodate. Because unfortunately, you know, Pinterest- It's a bit like reverse engineering. Correct. The, yeah. it, 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 Pinterest doesn't show pictures and have underneath what the client spent or how much this actually Absolutely. costs. Um, let's not forget that, you know, living in the Bahamas, you know, being, you know, where most things are shipped into the country, we don't have flower farms or hydrangea farms or orchid farms there. So, you know, when it comes to flowers, everything is shipped in. So what may cost X in the United Kingdom or in the United States, it's going to be a little bit more yeah. there. So we have to sort of re-engineer um, their mindset of what that day or weekend needs to look and feel like. And we do have some very hardcore discussions. And there have been times where um, I'm not going to say there have been arguments, but the clients just don't really quite understand the the cost and the financial side of of putting on, you know, these big sort of events. So we have to uh, sort of 101 them a little bit. And sometimes they accept it. And sometimes they feel that we're just being um, not so nice. And we're just... It's the harsh truth when it comes to money and Correct. budgets. Nobody wants to hear the maybe the actual figures. Correct. But, uh, but I think that it's important for people to understand that not every event has to be expensive to be memorable. Correct. You can still make magic on on a budget. You can still make magic on um, not having you know millions of dollars worth of flowers. Um, it, it, it's it's not a, a do or die thing. It's about creating something that day that's a true reflection on you as a couple or you as an individual um, that people will say, you know what. This is really, really, really an experience that we know came from Gavin's heart, if you and sure. your, your wife yeah. were, were doing something. And that, for us, is the most important thing. Is there one type of event you prefer personally over others, if you had to choose? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know that there is a particular type of event. Um, I just thoroughly love working with clients who want it done right. And they understand that in order to do it right, you need to go through steps. You need to be methodical about things. You need to have very transparent, open discussions about things. And once you get beyond that sort of um, what I call the foundation, building the walls, the roof, decorating and putting the doors and the windows on it, is, is a dream come true. It's very easy because you know the boundaries. You know, it's when you don't know, when you don't, when you can't have those financial discussions with clients and clients are, are saying, this is all I'm about to spend or want to spend, help me make it work. It's a knee-jerk reaction if it's not because you're like, okay, well, what about this? Well, yeah, I'll have to get back to you because I don't know if I can afford it and you have to change design directions all the time. But it's when you help them understand those boundaries. And then from there, you just run with it. Yeah. Let's talk about adversity in events. Let's talk about when things can go a little bit wrong. Are you, I'm going to say, I'm going to imagine you would be. Are you calm when things maybe hit the skids a bit? Um, in my younger years, no. Um, 
when things would go wrong in my younger years, there was a lot, a lot, a lot of self-blame on myself because in the event planning world, as you very well know, Gavin, clients pay you their hard-earned money, no matter whether they have a lot of it or not. They pay you their hard-earned money, money to make it happen because they want you to make sure that it happens smoothly. They could do this themselves. They could make 15 phone calls a day and plan an event and do things. Sure. I mean, I'm probably be driven to drink, but they yep. can do these things. So when they pay you to do this and something doesn't go right, for me in my younger years, um, I used to take it personally. Like, okay, what did I do wrong? Why, why? And I would not handle it so well. Um, because it was sort of like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I didn't plan this properly. I didn't think about this. I didn't sort of sit down and, and blueprint the what ifs. Yeah, what ifs. What could go wrong? The what ifs. But that 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 does come with experience. It does, and 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 I learned that very early on, to the point to where the what ifs can sometimes take the excitement away from from doing projects and events because you're constantly thinking the what if, the what if, the what if. Um, and you you don't step back and say, well, I've done the what if thing. Yep. Um, now let's just all, you know, we're all in our lanes. Let's just full throttle forward. Yep. I think also the sign of a good planner and from what's been discussed on certainly on season one and, and the start of season two is with a good planner, a client will never know Correct. We'll never know what went on. Correct. And that's part of our discussions with our clients at the very beginning. We talk about those what-if scenarios with them. And some clients are like, well, why are we having this discussion? Or, or you know, you, this sounds a little bit, you know, negative. And, and while well, it's because when the engine starts for the weekend or the day, we don't need to be coming back to you for decisions because you need to be out front living your best life, enjoying the moment and enjoying the, 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 the reason for all of this. So we want to take the time now to discuss the what ifs, if it rains, if something doesn't turn up, how, how would you like us to proceed? If somebody turns up, that's not invited, how do you want, you know, if, if somebody's performing and they're not supposed to have their camera out, how, so, so we tick all of those boxes. We make huge lists of those what ifs, and we, we document all of that. We have clearly defined discussions with our clients about that in advance, because once that engine starts and you're that, off and running. we're off and running yeah. and you're never going to know about what's going on behind the drapes. You just actually, as you said something there, I was thinking to myself, oh yeah, of course. What if it rains? Here, we fully expect rain on every summer's day and everyone wants to have their wedding, you know, summer beautiful. But here it's very likely it will rain. When I think of the Bahamas and the beaches and the beautiful blue sea, I think, of course you're going to go there and get, you know, get married. And it's beautiful. But of course, what if, what if it, does happen to be that one day. Well, it does rain in the Bahamas yep. too. Yep. Um, the the thing is, is it, and it's and it's in for the most part, it's quite unexpected, as as you know, because obviously in the tropics that thing happens. Yeah. Um, so there are times of the year when certain ratios um, force us to have very hardcore discussions with our clients to say that you know we need to have one ready to go on a backup. Um, how does that affect the budget? Well, yes, it does. Um, so we always, 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 <laughs> I think back, um, to, to a particular, um, wedding 
many, 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 many years ago, very early in my career, um, where um, the client who I know very well, he and his wife, it was his eldest daughter's wedding. And um, the wedding was actually being held at his – so my client was um, a gentleman who his wife's parents had a beautiful home um, and both parents had been deceased and the home had sat and it's completely surrounded by the ocean. So big, beautiful home. Um and it hadn't been lived in for a while. So the wife, um, whose parents owned the house, she you know, brought in a decorating team and got it back to its, its, yeah. its former glory. Um, but, you know, there was going to be 400 people at this house um, on the entire property, which connected to a beautiful beach um, generator, um, another big, beautiful band um, floating over the swimming pool. However, the way that the house was was set up, the swimming pool needed to be covered in plexiglass yeah. um, simply because that gave us more real estate for, for the event. So, um, you know, we're having discussions with the father of the bride-to-be. And, you know, I said, well, you know, we need to talk about tenting. Um, we have a lot of ground to cover. Um, and he says, no, don't want any tents. It's so obvious what's coming. I said, but well, we need to have tents. Yep. And he said, no, because um, it, the weather's going to be fine. However, if, you know, leading up to it, um, we see that there's going to be a need, then we can cross that bridge when we get to it. But at the moment, no. I said, well, unfortunately, you're going to have to have one for the band because all of their equipment needs to be covered just in case. And I'm going to need, to need it to cover the food, you know, the food areas that were scattered all over the property. Yeah. Um, so he said, okay, well, we'll, we'll do that. Um, but no more. And we followed the weather and the weather looked fine. The day of the wedding, um, ceremony, um, which was at a church, beautiful, still sunny. Um, but towards the ending of the ceremony, you know, obviously the clouds started to roll in. It started to get a little bit windy as it does. You can feel that. You can feel it, you can't can you? You can feel yeah. it coming type thing. And then all of a sudden from the West, I mean, you could just see the, 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 the gods were, were rumbling at this point. And sure enough, it poured, Gavin. Bucketed it was down. a deluge. Um, the, um, uh, the gentleman whose wife's parents owned the house, she had a couple of brothers. They had tried and tested the generator. Everything was working, yada, yada, yada. Um, what goes out? The generator. generator. So we've got no light, um, rain deluge <laughs> down like no tomorrow. Um, so we're sitting there just waiting, watching. People were still drinking and whatnot. Yeah, just waiting for it to pass. But all of a sudden, the groom now yeah. decided, you know what? Enough of this. Takes off. The tuxedo jacket loosens the tie, and out in the rain they went. And Fabulous. They, and eventually the rain s- slowed down, and then eventually stopped. But every, I'm, no, I'm not going to say everybody, but a vast number of people just got in it, and they just enjoyed it for what it was. And still to this day, the bride and the groom say, by far, the best party that they've ever had. There you go. I needed... Probably five years worth of therapy yep. afterwards. <laughs> um, I sat down with the um, father 
um, yeah. that night yeah. as, you know, people are still dancing and yeah. wet and whatnot. And I said, uh, uh, he just looked at me and he just said, well, you know, it's a great party. So I said, better yet, um, now that you know what you know, would you do it any different? Yeah. He looked at me and he said, no. No. Take a look at the dance floor, which was obviously the plexiglass yeah. covering the entire swimming pool. Everybody was out there until like 4, 4.30 in the morning, just having the best time ever. So moral of the story, yes, you want to be prepared, but there are times when you turn lemons into lemonade and it goes down as one of the best parties ever. I'm going to write that down. Go for Take it. lemons into lemonade. I love that. Go forward. What If you could give our listeners three tips, perhaps, on uh, planning a party, what to think of? Let's let, let's say, for example, let's take a wedding because mm-hmm. we, we spoke about weddings. What, what would you advise clients from the outset when they started to think about it? Um, first thing was is obviously the whole honest thing. I think that people getting married nowadays need to be very honest with each other as to what it is that they really want. Um, I think once you're able to openly, transparently sit down with each other and discuss those things, it's going to bring you a, a level of understanding together as you move forward with your planner or whomever you're working with, um, an equal ground that everybody's working from so that everybody can understand transparent, honest, straight up perspective this is what we want and this is what we want for uh, as far as our expectation, which then allows for the second part is for whomever you're working with, the, 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 the comfort of being able to be honest with you, meaning the clients themselves. Um, I would definitely, uh, I, I definitely feel that once you're honest, um, the truth is always going to come out and it's going to be able to be you know, digested and understood and, and it's not going to be such a big deal um, moving forward. I think listening, I think you've got to, got to, got to listen, not only to each other, but as a planner or an event designer, you've got to have the world's greatest ears. You've got to really, really, really listen to what people are saying. Um, listen to each other. Um, because there are times when you may think you want um, a white party, but your language is speaking to something that's very Gatsby related. Like, mm. l- listen to that and, and, and go with the, the third part of this is, is always go with your gut. Always, when you're making decisions, you should feel those birds and those ostriches running around your stomach with yeah. excitement. Like, this, this is really, really, really and truly something that, that I'm going to be very excited to be a part yeah. of. So as long as you're honest with each other, you're, you're communicating um, constantly along the way, the, 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 the level of decision-making and the level of understanding and respect, both between planner and client and client with planner, it becomes a very joyous environment and that's when it becomes fun. Love that. 25 years is a fabulous anniversary. Oh, yes. What does the next 25 years hold for Cacique? Oh, hopefully somewhere along the way, some form of retirement, um, knock on wood. Um, the next 25 years, honestly, Gavin, I didn't really ever think about the first 25 years. For, for us at Cacique, and I say us as a team, as a family, 
um, we're very much a a a a one client one project um, kind of style of thinking. We try not to look too far. Obviously, you have to plan financially and you have to plan for the obvious moving forward in the world of of, of the plan um, based on business the business side of things, but. You know, we just try to do it one event at a time. And then all of a sudden one turns into two to ten to twenty to thirty. And your 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 watch or your phone on your 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 clock on your phone just becomes another date. Mm. Because that's what you're working towards and you're working forward to. Um so to to have realized, and to be honest with you, I didn't really realize this until I think it was the ending of the 24th year when I somehow I was discussing some event dates with, with somebody about an event that we, the first event we ever did back in 1997. And all of a sudden I said, Oh, wait a minute, 1997. And I just did the calculation. I said, Holy crap, this is 24 years. Next year, we're going to be 25. So you that's, didn't even know it was creeping up on you. I didn't even know it was creeping yeah. up on me. That's, that's like a, a little bit less than half my age. So literally half of my life I've been doing this and didn't really know simply because one of the things that I did that a really good friend of mine, she said to me when I was thinking about what it was that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, and she sat, she told me, to, she said, she said, when you sit down and you try to figure this out, Sean, she said, get a legal pad out, write down all the things that you would like to do, um, and, and accomplish in your life. And then put a little star by those things you think you could do for the rest of your life and not be paid. And it was free. It was free. And I said, oh boy, that's going to be a little bit tough because we all need money. You know, we all want nice mm -hmm. cars and nice watches and whatnot. Um, so for me, it was about not so much the job or work. It was about the fulfillment of life so that you're not worried about, you know, uh, how many years is it or how long have I been doing this or Oh my gosh, the alarm clock's going off tomorrow morning um, in a derogatory way. Yeah, the alarm clock goes off in my world, but it goes off like, okay, what are we going to be faced with today? What new phone call? What new client? What new email? It seems to me that 25 years on, you still have the passion. 100%. In abundance. The day that it became, and I always said this to 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 people around me, the day that that my career became work was the day that I was shutting the business down. It's not fun at that point. It has to be fun. Yes, there are, there, there are stressful moments. There's the business side of things, and you've got to make some pretty hard, tough calls at times, and you have to go through financial meltdowns like the world did globally and um, hurricanes and um, global pandemics. Yeah, you obviously have to be you know an adult about those things. But to just live in Neverland every day and not have to worry about you know, uh, the reality of life, so to speak, is, yeah. is 25 years for us. Well, here's my ambition. Go for it. I want to work with you again. I do too. I want, I we want, almost did. We almost did. We, we almost did twice, twice on the same job yeah, Correct. for a cruise. But I want you to fulfill my dream okay. of giving me and my team another experience to film for one of your clients out in the Palmas because it was exceptional. It it was exceptional. Doesn't come along a lot. Uh, but no, but I'm sure you've got a couple of daughters that would love to get married. Well, I and do. I'm sure they would love. Sean, I'm going to point them to the eight-person conversation wedding you had, 
and Fantastic. say eight people, one and done. Fantastic. Perfect. Fantastic. I would, I would relish that opportunity. Fantastic. Sean, you've been a fabulous guest to have on today. Thank you so much for, uh, for popping down to see us. Absolutely, Gavin. This is a real treat. Thank you for, I'm humbled actually, and, and uh, that, that we've had this opportunity not only to reconnect, but to discuss the, the art of color and, and, and our previous world a couple of years ago. So Absolutely. No, this has been brilliant. Great we to need have to you. do this again, but you need to come down barefoot. And let's do it on the beach. I'm booking my flights. If you've enjoyed today's episode of The Secret World of Events, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe. And also do pop us a comment. It's going to help shape future shows. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Great to have you here. I had decided I wanted to get into events. Don't rush into anything. Left university and pretty much went straight into it. It's just got to happen. So do what you need to to make it happen I've, I've never been one to follow rules we've spent a lot of time together haven't <laughs> yes, we? we have always keeping up with trends and fads how do you manage that the expectations versus the reality of budgeting it's always insightful to get a gauge as to what their their reference point is with budget pre-covid i didn't know what zoom was you know everything is done to a higher level that detail jeremy and the band and the guys will go into by definition makes our life easier there's levels and levels and that comes in the details